Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Anybody come to worship this morning? Amen. Come on, stand up with me. We're going to do some worship this morning. Hallelujah. Jesus. You can leave the lights on when we do this, too. We're changing up our order just a little bit so we can mess with y'all, keep y'all uneasy on things, you know. So later we're going to change chairs, too. No, not really.
Come on. Anybody in here ready to worship this morning? Hallelujah. Hey, listen, we got just a couple announcements for you this morning. While you still, you can go ahead and sit down for just a minute. Listen, so we, uh, we've got the 12th. Make sure you put that on your calendar because we've got to do the uh, presents for prisoners. And we need help bagging all this stuff up. I know Sister Minnie has been gathering everything. So she's going to have that ready. It's the 12th. The 5th, we, we vote again. Show up and vote or don't complain. You know my saying on that. Don't complain if you don't vote. I don't want to hear you. Uh, we got a we got a runoff election, and drum roll please. Ooh, no, not really. We collected forty four hundred dollars so far on the Bibles. Hallelujah! That's like if you do the math, one hundred forty four. I mean, uh, forty four hundred times uh, twenty five is like one hundred seventy something Bibles. So listen. So if you still want to give to that, you can still give. You can go online and do that. And uh, we've got we've got that going. We're we're gonna send these Bibles, guys. Come on. We're, we're going to try to send 250. I was thinking small of maybe 100. Amen? So, so listen, the rest of the stuff is in your bulletin. And uh, Brother Pastor, uh, Pastor Deacon, well, I'm still picking it, Brother Chip. Uh, but uh, he's going to take care of the offering and stuff for us. So, Brother Chip, go ahead. Amen. We get to continue to worship. Hallelujah. Because giving is a form of worship. Bringing your tithe into the house of the Lord certainly is worship. And you know, God instituted offerings and tithing, so it is something that's certainly scriptural and something we should do. Not only because God tells us to do it, because it also creates a situation in our lives where we can be blessed. And we're in a season right now, the season of thanksgiving, where we have a lot to be thankful for because God has blessed us richly. Uh, I know most of us in here can probably say that, and uh, it's certainly a good feeling to be blessed. And so. we have to realize, though, that we get to give. We don't give to get, okay? Come on. You don't bring something that already belongs to God into his house expecting to get back with the wrong motive. Amen. We get to give, not give to get. And we need to always be conscious of that. You know, <clears throat> there's so much in being generous with what God's given you and using it the way he wants you to use it. But generosity is not the only component to being blessed. There's actually two components, I believe, that help you to be blessed. The first one is generosity. The second one is stewardship. You know, God's not going to bless you if you're not a faithful steward. And that means you need to understand what he wants you to do with your money. And, and squandering money and spending it in places you don't need to be spending it is not being a good steward. We've all read the parable of what happens to the faithful stewards. What happens? They get more, you know. And if, if you've been having a problem with finances, maybe it's because you haven't been a faithful steward. So as you begin the new year, think of being blessed as a two-step process. And when you walk, you can think about that. Generosity, stewardship. Generosity, stewardship. And I guarantee if you combine those two things, I assure you, 
you will continue to be blessed. And God will see it in you because he's going to understand that you know that what he blesses you with is important to him. Therefore, you need to steward it well. And you're going to be open to how he wants you to use it. And so uh, with that thought in mind, realize that God wants you to put your resources in certain places. You know, God uses his children to bless other people. And he's going to give to those who are rivers, not reservoirs, okay? So don't be a reservoir. Get it all and keep it all. You need to let it flow through you. Amen? So <clears throat> this morning what we're going to do is um, we have a couple of uh, young people that are going to pass the red buckets around. And so um, if you'll get your offering ready, we'll pray before we give, and they'll come around and take up the offering. And also you can continue to give online for those who are watching online. You can go to our website and uh, go to the page where you can give. So we encourage you to do that. So take your offering and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for the blessings you have bestowed on us. And Lord, we're thankful for all that you do in our lives where uh, it creates a situation where we can be generous and be a blessing to others. Lord, make us mindful that, again, we get to give, not give to get. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to give back into your kingdom what you've already blessed us with. And Lord, right now we bring that 10%, that tithe, that portion that's yours, that portion that is holy. Lord, if it's holy and it's yours, we don't want it in our account. We want it in yours. And so right now we bring the tithe into the storehouse, knowing that it's not ours to give. We realize we can't give a tithe, we bring a tithe. We can't give it because it's not ours. We just bring it back to you, Lord, and we ask that you use it to advance your kingdom in the way that you would want to. And we thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to worship you in our giving. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, where's our young ones that are going to pass the buckets? Oh, there's one. And where's the other one? He's coming. He's right okay, there. Okay, there he is. Take each side, and they're going to pass the buckets around, and you may give, and God bless each of you. Amen. Hey, there's one new thing we added on the bulletin. If you grab your bulletin, open it up in the middle. If you, grab, if you turn your camera on on your phone, on the bottom right down there, there's a thing called a QR code. You put your camera over it, you click on it, and it'll bring you straight to the online giving page. So you can just go straight there if you choose to do that, and if you're not good at, at all those other things. It's just that, that little square with all the little dots in it. Yeah, ask one of the teenagers. They'll show you about it. And also, if you're visiting with us, if you turn it over on the back, we have another QR code there that's our visitor. It's our Connect card. So you don't even have to fill out the crazy form no more. Don't have to worry about us being able to read all of it. <laughs> so you can just use your camera on your phone. It's something easy to, to do that. 
and the guys are coming around, and uh, if they miss you for some reason, just raise your hand, and they'll, they'll make sure to come and find you. Hey, we're trying to put them to work, trying to teach them right, amen? So, amen. I'm going to hit the other side. All right, guys, it looks like y'all got them. Thank y'all. Hallelujah. Put them to work. Hey, got to train them up in the ways, amen? First thing we're going to train them is how to, how to bring money to the Lord and how to receive the money. That's right. I used to tell the youth all the time, or their parents at least, if I can get a teenager to give a dollar and an offering, I done got his heart. Don't worry about it because they're not going to give no money. You know that. Come on. Hey, let's stand up. We're going to do some more worship this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Shout a little louder than before. Come on, do that again. I want to shout a little louder. 
give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, just a reminder, if you want to worship with the flags, feel free to come and get one. They're up here on either side. And, and when you're done with it, just leave it there on the chair. We do disinfect them. I come through and spray disinfect all that stuff every week. And then we just put them back in there so that you've got safe. Amen. I know, I know we're in the uh, phase two again, all that kind of crazy stuff. Hey, let's just continue to be safe, right? Wash our hands, do all the things we're supposed to do, and we're going to keep having church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm going to need some more water for this song. Listen, we didn't really choose soft songs today. Today's title of the sermon is in your bulletin. It's going from worry to worship. So I need to help move you over there partially before we get to the sermon part. Can we do that? Okay, hallelujah.
you some praise this morning. Hallelujah. Whew. Listen, I told y'all we're going to stretch y'all out a little bit this morning. Yeah. Y'all think it's hot? I got a jacket on. That'd be all right, though. Don't worry. A little bit of sweat for Jesus ain't going to hurt nobody. Come on. Hallelujah.
Don't you hold your praise back. Come on. Jesus.
Father, have your way today. Have your way in this place, oh God. Father, I pray that the preaching of the word would be anointed. I know your word is anointed, God. I know you've called me to preach your word. I just pray right now, God, that the enemy would tremble at the fact that your word is fixing to come forth. He would be powerless in the lives of the people. And we ask this all in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree with that this morning, I want you to shout an amen with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise this morning. Come on, give him praise this morning in the house. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, turn and give somebody a spiritual high five this morning. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. I was all clogged up. Am I even on? Yes, I'm on. Hallelujah. 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 Where's children at this morning? They ready to go? Hallelujah. Come on, y'all go ahead and head on back there. Whew. Hallelujah. That was good stuff. What's up, dude? So listen, I've got the vents on. The heater's only keeping it above 65. I actually do not have the heaters on right now at all. That is just airflow. I know. It's, it's that time of year, you know? It's that time of year. It's like you can never find the right temperature. And the problem with being in Louisiana is, like, I, I scheduled my air condition that at a certain time the heat would come on and a certain time the air conditioner would come on in the day, you know, just to keep it regulated. Put it on auto. Yeah, you got to completely redo that like twice a day. <laughs> I don't know. I like it cool when I sleep at night, but I like it to be a little warm. So, you know, about 30 minutes before our alarm goes off, I have it raised back up to a certain temperature so that when we wake up, it's okay in the house, you know. And then by the time you get out of the shower, it's not so bad, you know. So, hallelujah. Well, it's good to see everybody here this morning. How'd you like the children doing the offering? Is that good? Yeah. So we got to find some more. We may, you know, we'll talk and find some, some students that, that are willing to help us out on that every week. Uh, just trying to change it up a little bit, you know. Trying to change it up just a little bit. I'm trying to get some more water too, though, man, my voice. I got ears in and everything else, and I don't know. I just, I like to sing to Jesus, man. I, I got a problem. <laughs> and I like to sing loud. <laughs> so... It is a good problem, Deborah, but it makes it hard when you have to come preach afterward that your voice is not very good, but that's okay. Hallelujah. Listen, I want you to grab your Bibles and open them to 1 Kings this morning. 1 Kings chapter 17. We're going to talk about this going from worry to worship. Going from worry to worship. How many of us have been worrying? Don't be super spiritual with me. Some of us have been worrying. You know, I, I start worrying about things and I got to stop that. Stop. You know, self, stop. <laughs> right? Why? Because it is something that's inherent to who we are as people. It's, it's in the human side of us 
And the problem is it's in that fallen side of us <laughs> to worry. And, and it, it loves to stick its head up, you know. It, it loves to stick its head up and say, oh, hey, there I am. And, and so uh, today I want to talk to you about going from worry to worship. Why do you think we worship the way we did this morning? Because I wanted you all to go ahead and get it in your spirit, man. Come on. You can't sit there in a problem and start singing, Jesus, Jesus, you made the doctor. You can't do it. I'm sorry. You cannot do it. I want to have good vernacular. Yeah, no. You can't even have good vernacular when you're saying that phrase. You can't. Cannot. Why do you think I'm always telling you when something looks bad, just start trying out Jesus. Go tell somebody about Jesus and what he did for you, and you'll forget about how bad things are. You will forget about them. I want you to look at this story right here because this woman had every opportunity, 17 verse 7, 1 Kings 17, 7. She had every opportunity to be worried, but I think she was beyond worried. I really do. I could tell you that if I was back in the Old Testament and didn't have Jesus, I would have probably been beyond worried at this point. And so I want to show you, though, that there are some keys that will get us out of this mess. Let's read this. 1 Kings 17, 7. Look at this. It's going to be on the screen. It happened after a while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. We're talking about the prophet here. Go ahead to the next one. Verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to the prophet saying, Arise, go to Zarephath which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he thought he was having a bad day because the brook dried up. He didn't have anything. But that's a whole other story about the fact that, that he was, you know, having his own issues. But that's why I didn't go any further back in that. Go to the next one for me, verse 10. Look at this. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, there was a widow woman, just like Jesus or just like God had told him was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, please get me a little water in a jar that I may drink. Hmm. Okay, let's go to the next one. As she was going to get it, he called to her and said, oh, hey, by the way, please bring me a piece of bread too. <laughs> like he already hadn't asked for enough, you know. But watch her statement. But she said, as the Lord your God lives, I have no bread, only a handful of flour in the bowl. And a little oil in the jar, and behold, I'm going to gather a few sticks that I may go and prepare for me and my son that we may eat and die. I think she was beyond worry. Have you ever been that far? I don't know if I've been that far. <laughs> That's pretty far. <laughs> that is pretty far. I've never had to go tell my kids we're going to eat this and die. But in my world, it felt that bad. Can I get an amen on that one? It felt like I was that far, right? I, I, can, I can remember when trying to, to follow Jesus and trust him, and, and the Lord had told me to take this job, and, and I knew it wasn't going to make enough, but he said, take that job. And I was like, I don't want that job. And I argued with him, and I argued about with the lady that kept trying to hire me. I told her, I don't want this job. Don't call me back again. It don't make enough, but God's telling me to take it. And she called me back again. I don't want this job, but God told me I had to take it. Please don't interview me. And she did, and she hired me. And I'm like, my Lord, man. But now my air condition goes out in the middle of the summertime. Can I tell you all how old this air condition was, though? It was a magic chef. Did you know they made air conditions? I didn't. It was a magic chef. I, 
I was blown away. So did the devil do that, or did it just finally die? No telling how old it was. We bought this house. And I remember standing there, and, and y'all remember how much I don't like, did not like Jaws. I'm over that. I'm, I'm beyond. I remember praying, and I was in one of those situations, and I was, Jesus, Jaws is fixing to eat my world. My wife's big and pregnant, and it's got a heat wave coming through southeast Texas, and I got no air conditioning, and it's July, and I ain't got no money. Whew. Lord, you got to do something. I ain't had two nickels. And I remember Wendy laying on the floor, and I'm, she's probably going to fuss that I'm getting the whole story wrong, but it, it's my story, so it's the way I remember it. I remember putting ice water on her head with the fans in our, our family room with the windows open, man, trying so she could sleep because she was pregnant. And Richie was born in July, so she was that big and pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, he's going to eat my world, man. I, you know. And, and so what do you do? You're a believer. What do you do? Well, I was trying to be that believer that says, I'm going to stand on the word. That's what I was trying to do. But I wasn't seeing any motion at this point. So what did I do? I'll tell you that later. I got to keep going. Oh, I got y'all right in on that one. That was good. I'm practicing. Then Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go do as you have said, but make me a little bread cake from it first and bring it out to me. And afterwards, you may make one for yourself and your son. Now, she's got a choice. Am I going to listen to this man of God? Or am I going to make this cake for me and my son and die? Now, a lot of us may sit here as armchair quarterbacks looking at this saying, well, what's the difference with one more cake? <laughs> right? I'll give it a try. Because what's one more cake? I'm already going to die with, after this. What, what happens if I die now instead of two days from now? You know, I, But I believe, as she said, in the next verse, we're going to see this. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the bowl of flour shall not exhaust it. See, now he's speaking the words. And she buys into it. So she wasn't just being obedient, giving it to him. See, that's, that's what Brother Chip, he did such a good job with that this morning. We don't just give it to the Lord. We're bringing it out of an obedience. Because number one, if you didn't believe he's God, why would you give him anything? So it's another test of our faith saying, I believe you are God and you are God in my life that I'm going to bring my tithe to you. You see, it's, we're speaking these things. For thus said the Lord God of Israel, the bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall the jar of oil be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain on the face of the earth. You're not going to run out of food until you start getting some money coming in. Come on. You see, look at the next verse, because this is where it starts getting good. So she went and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he... And her household, I, I love this part, like, could they really have written this any better? I'm, I'm sidetracked, but Elijah, and she and he and her, I'm like, my English teacher would have probably fussed at me for that. She and he and her household ate for many days. I know it's probably correct, but it's just, you know, many days. Look at verse 16. The bowl of flour was not exhausted, nor did the jar of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Elijah. She had to make a choice. Was she going to trust him? Was she going to 
really trust him. Capital H, not lowercase Elijah. Capital H, God. And that's the choice we make every day in our life. Am I going to worry about this thing? Or am I going to worship my way through it and trust that my God is going to take care of whatever it is? You see, she was still living in lack. She hadn't moved more, enough, more than enough at this point. She was still in lack. But she had to make a decision to go forward. Verse 13, don't fear, don't worry. Right? We, we start looking at these. We start seeing the fact that, that God is moving in her life before she realizes it. I got a point for you right here. Point one. Throw that one up there. You have to be tired of being tired. You have to be sick. That's how I wrote it, but I changed it for y'all. You have to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. See, what God did was gave her an opportunity to be sick and tired of being hungry. You have to get sick and tired of being broke. Right? Like, like Brother Chip was saying. You know, I remember when, when we were worrying about money all the time, and I remember sitting down with our pastor one time and, and went through our bills and went through everything we did. And, and if Wendy was in here, she'd give a big thumbs up to this one because I know this part of the story is correct. Why? We were trying to make sure we were being good stewards of what God was giving us, even though we had nothing, right? And I remember he sat there and he looked at her and he says, My God, Wendy, how have you been doing this? <laughs> There's so little here. How have you paid anything? Well, Pastor, the very first thing that comes out of our check is a tithe. I don't care how many past due bills I have, we pay our tithe. Always. That, that was the way our pastor had raised us. I believe what the word said. So we said, You know what? We're going to do it. And we would worry. But we had to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And then you know what happened? We started worshiping. We started quoting the scripture. We started walking what God was saying. We started sowing seeds. We started doing things to get out of our situation. Why? Because it first took the fact that I had to trust that God brought me here and he will supply me while I'm here. I trusted that God told me to take that job. I knew it wasn't going to pay all my bills. What do I do? Worry or worship? I had to make a choice. I can't tell you that every day I worshiped. But I can tell you that every day I didn't worry. <laughs> can I tell you the rest of the story of the air condition? I had a guy write me a check and said, Brother, the Lord wanted me to give you this $2,500. Praise God, I can get air conditioning. <laughs> we got air conditioning. Of course, that was like 1999. It was a lot cheaper back then. <laughs> you see, I had to trust God. I had to trust God that when I didn't have food in my house, my God was going to feed me and my newborn child. See, I might be able to go a week without eating. It might even do me some good. I'll call it a spiritual fast, but in reality, my cupboards are empty. We do that sometimes too. But the thing is, is I trusted God. And God was bringing food into our house. You know, I think I've told you the story before. My mom owned this little mom-and-pop grocery store in Crowley. And she would get her cuts of meat from this guy, and she would buy. Now, this was, again, 1999. At her price, a whole ribeye was 20 bucks. The whole side was 20 bucks. And she'd have him slice it, and she'd bring us two of them. How many pounds is one of those things? <laughs> it's a lot. And, and my stepdad doesn't like 
things to sit around in his cabinets too long. So she was constantly bringing us canned goods and ribeye, and I was feeding the pastor ribeye, and I was broke. How was I doing that? But you know what the problem was? I didn't realize it until I was about halfway through this test. That I realized I'm not going hungry. I'm not doing without. It's just my bank account don't look the way I want it to. And once I realized those things, I had to start making some decisions. I had to make a decision on the fact that was I going to to listen to what the world said? Was I going to listen to what my bank account said and worry? Or was I going to trust my God to supply all of my needs? I had to make a choice, guys. I had to change my mind and start believing. And you know, I had naysayers. Boy, I know your daddy, he would have went and got three jobs to make sure you had enough money in the house. God didn't tell me I could go get a second job or a third job. Was I looking? Oh, I kept my eyes open all the time, looking. Every day I looked for the check that was supposed to be coming in the mail. You know, somebody, I heard somebody say this one time. You waiting for your ship to come in, did you send one out? Can I tell you, I was planting a lot of seeds. I was planting seeds because I wasn't going to worry. I was trusting. I can remember walking around the house one day, and I know I've told you this. Wendy had her megaphone because she was a cheerleader at Midland High School. I was walking around the house one day. She thought I was crazy. Quoting scriptures. Why? Because I needed me to hear it. I needed me to hear it. Why? Because worry was trying to set in again. Mercy is what got me through. Turn to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Why are you turning there? I'll tell you something funny. I, you know, Mike, I was putting this scripture in there this morning, and, and our Bible thing in there just gives a little issues every now and then. And I kept typing it in, and it kept just listing the whole thing. I'm like, man, what's this thing doing? You know, putting like 40 scriptures up there. And I'm like, then I realized I was doing Matthew 10. They don't have that many verses, so the system just freaked out. He didn't know what to do. <laughs> I sat there for two or three minutes, just kept typing in press. I'm like, what is it doing? Oh, hey, that's Mark, not Matthew. <laughs> Mark only has like 20, so when you do that, it gives you all of them. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Look at this. I want to show you this picture right here. Then they came to Jericho. This is Jesus, okay? And he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd. And look at it. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. Here we go. Watch this. And when he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say what? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Hold on right there, Micah. See, this is when you get tired of your situation. This is why I was walking around with the megaphone. Because I needed the devil to hear, and I needed me to hear twice as much. That I'm tired of worrying about this thing. I'm tired of fighting against something that I should have victory over. I'm tired of losing what I think is losing to something that I've already beat. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. My God owns a cattle on a thousand hills, right? Given it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, running over shall men give. And I'm quoting all these things while I got no money. But I'm quoting them, why? Because I'm not going to let him pass me by. Was he going to pass me by? No, but I needed to make sure I knew it. <laughs> this is blind Bartimaeus' legacy. Look at the next verse. Many were sternly telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying out the more. Yeah, they would tell him, why don't you just shut up, blind dude? Just shut up. 
You're blind. You're old. Just stop. Why are you trusting God for a healing that ain't never happened? You have been sick for 30 years. Don't, I'd be like, man, don't mess with me. I'm going to yell until something happens. They're going to put me in a loony bin. I'm going to get healed. I'm going to get what God's bringing to me. But I'm going to laugh in the end. Because I know Jesus is not going to pass me by. Look at the next verse. And Jesus stopped and said, call him here. Can you imagine him now? But Jesus, we, we told him he was stupid and he's blind. and, and Come here. <laughs> Worse than that, y'all go get him. <laughs> the same people that are telling you the world is falling apart, it's dying, don't worry about it. It's the same people that one day you're going to get to stand there and say, hey, come here, let me tell you a story about what God did to me today. How awesome it is of what God is doing. So they called to the blind man saying, come to him. Take courage, stand up, he is calling for you. Yeah, now they're trying to be all spiritual. <laughs> Take courage and stand up, he's calling. They're trying to look good. Look at the next one. Throwing aside his cloak, look at this, boy. He's, he jumped up and came to Jesus. Come like you got it already. Don't come like you're waiting on it. Get up and run like, you know, Pastor Flippo told me one time, he said, they, they sent him to this town to start a church. And they kept running off pastors at this church. And the community would come against him. It wasn't just the church. It was the community didn't want a church there. He said, you know what you do, Rich, when they do that? When they're chasing you down the road, you get up front and you act like, hey, y'all follow me as you're running away. But you never let them think that they won. <laughs> That's why I don't like giving the devil credit. Because I don't want him to think he even got a toehold on something. I don't want him to ever think that he's winning anywhere. Even if I'm struggling with it. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. Look at verse 51. And answering him, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Which we know this part of the story. He was telling him, tell me what you need. Don't just shotgun this thing. That's kind of like, can I, can I say, that's kind of like unspoken prayer requests. Don't do that. That is so crazy. You know what I tell people? Well, it's an unspoken request. Then I can't speak any prayers. If I don't know what I'm asking, well, you can pray in the Spirit. No, I'm not. All you got to do is, brother, I'm struggling right now in, in, some, in some areas. And, and just tell, okay, let's pray about that. Listen, when I go to war, I don't want to just shoot bombs, right? Snipers just don't shoot, man. They make sure they know where their targets are. And if we're going to pray about something, let's get into battle. I don't want to waste ammunition. So don't know unspokens. Right there, what do you want me to do? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, I want to regain my sight. Look at that one. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and began following him on the road. Let me tell you, he won't pass you by. But sometimes you got to get louder than the noise around you. Sometimes you got to get louder than the storm. People may think you're crazy, but that's okay. They'll be smiling at you later on when they come over there. Why is your life so good? Can I tell you? <laughs> All right, number two. Look at this. Number two. You decide that failure is no longer an option. See, the lady had already made a decision, hadn't she? My, my decision is I'm going to make a cake. Me and my son are going to eat it, and we're going to what? We're going to die. 
to me, that's failure. That's not my God supplying all of my needs. That's not God doing something in my life. That's, that's not God getting the glory. Boy, he's such a good God. He let me eat one more bread, and, and me and my son are just going to lay here and die. Does that make it? But it's, that's not what the scripture says. That's not God. No. He saw their situation, and he sent somebody to him. We've got to decide that failure is no longer an option, which means I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I refuse to quit. Listen, I watched a, a movie the other day. Watched a movie the other day, and, and it was about uh, a football team, and it's called Greater. If anybody, anybody knows that, that movie, go look up the movie Greater. It just came out this year. It's about a football player that made it all the way into the NFL, and he got killed right before he signed. The kid had no natural talent, none. He worked hard every day. He was a walk-on to Arkansas Razorbacks, and the coach laughed at him and sent him away and scorned him. But the kid worked hard, worked hard. He became a scholarship student, full ride, and then got drafted to the NFL to the Colts. No talent at all. And then the Colts, you know what they told him? You're going to be a starter next year. He's just like, no, no, no. You know what happened? His entire life, he had decided, I'm going to do this. And everybody would tell him no. And he would ask him, what do I need to do? Well, if you're the first one here and the last one that leaves, you'll, you'll be able to. Sounds good to me. And he'd do it. The Arkansas coach told him, son, you're big. But you're not heavy enough. What do I need to be, coach? Over 300 pounds. He went home and ate chips and candy until he got to over 300 pounds. Problem was, he had no muscles. <laughs> so he gets there, and what's coach tell him? You're too big. Okay, what do I need to be, coach? Coach told him. He lost the weight. So he goes up there the next. He stands on the scale. How'd you lose 80 pounds? Well, you told me to, coach. See, guys, I'm telling you that because you got to make it up in your mind that I am not going to quit. I refuse to quit. I refuse to give up. I am tired of failing. When you're tired of failing, you'll figure it out. When you get to the point where I'm no longer going to fail, it's not even an option. Listen, when you have an option, you know what somebody told me? You will always opt out. If there's an option, you're going to opt out. There's no option. There's no plan B for me. I only have one plan in life, and that's to serve Jesus. Oh, well, that's fine. You're the pastor. Listen, I could sleep in any Sunday I want, just like you can, and just like you can at your job, and just like you can do to anything else. It's just not, I'm not going to do it. So let's look at Matthew chapter 9. I want to show you this. Matthew chapter 9. Almost finished, guys. Almost finished. And I did turn the heat up for you a little bit. I want you all to freeze. It says it's 70 degrees in here. Isn't that crazy? It don't feel like it, does it? I want you all to freeze. Matthew chapter 9, verse 20. And a woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. Now look, this is a woman who spent all her money for 12 years and kept failing, didn't she? Nothing fixed her. She was still hemorrhaging blood. And she was unclean. So her to even be here in a crowd of people, if they Jewish leaders would have caught her, would have stoned her to death. But you know what she finally decided? 
I'm done with this. I'm crawling my way to Jesus because I've got to get past this thing. I can't worry about what's going to happen to me anymore. I've just got to get there. Look at verse 21. And she was saying to herself, if only I touched his garment. That was her saying, I'm done with failure. I don't care what the crowd says anymore. I'm going to get well. Look at verse 22. But Jesus turned, seeing her, said, Daughter, take courage. Your faith has made you well. At once the woman was made well. Guys, we've got to get over these things. Let me give you a definition about worry. And let me show you how deeply entrenched it gets into our lives. And I got this from WebMD. In the midst of excessive worrying, you may suffer with high anxiety, panic, During your waking hours, many chronic worriers tell a feeling a sense of impending doom, unrealistic fears that only increase their worries, ultra-sensitive to the environment and to the criticism of others. Excessive worries may see anything and anyone as a potential threat. Chronic worrying can affect your daily life so much that it may interfere with your appetite, your lifestyle habits, your relationships, your sleep, and even your job performance. Many people who worry excessively are so anxiety-ridden that they seek relief in harmful lifestyle habits, overeating cigarettes, alcohols, drugs, and the list goes on and on and on. Worry or worship. It's a choice. It is just a choice. But can I tell you, the enemy wants to keep you sitting down and shut up because you're just a blind guy. Sit down, be quiet, stay away from us because you're unclean. That's what the enemy wants. That's what the enemy wants. Stay away. You're not worthy to even come, is what's being said. You're not worthy to even come to Jesus. You see, that's that's what that spirit tells you, doesn't it? That's what the enemy is constantly telling you. You're not even worthy to come ask for forgiveness. Look what you did. It's going to always come up against you. I don't believe, my, my opinion is, is I, I, in my stage in life and walking with the Lord, I don't know if I'll ever get to the point where worry doesn't try to get me. I believe it's just another one of the attacks of the enemy. But I have to make a conscious choice every day. Every single day. Every day. That I am not going to allow the enemy to win are you struggling with any of these things if i can get the other worship team to to come up are you struggling with any of these things look at look at your list relationships job performance anxieties you know harmful life habits there's so many things that can happen to us because we allow worry to get in well i'm not worrying okay how about this one i love this one i'm not worrying about it i'm just paying attention to it that was mine that was my favorite excuse i'm not worried about it i'm just i'm i'm i just got to acknowledge it and yeah okay that's fine but i've got to get beyond that guys what is it that keeps us in worry because you can't live in victory when you're stuck worrying all the time and if you look at our society right now listen You can turn on CNN or Fox News. Man, they are so far spread out right now. I told somebody the other day, I don't even know what the truth is anymore on the news media. I turned it off. 
Because you listen to both sides of the same story and you can't figure out who, they're getting so good at it that I'm like, I'm done. I am done. Listen, whoever they signify as the president is my president, man, and you know what? I'll honor him and pray for him. It doesn't matter to me. God puts these people in there. Y'all just stop all the bickering and fighting. <laughs> just, just stop with all of it. <laughs> we can't be so divided. People are so worried about this. Listen, here, here's another thing that I use. I don't worry about things I can't affect. I cast my vote and I'm done. Finished. Vine. And you know what? Maybe I, I'm, I don't have enough money today to pay all my bills. Can I change that today? Not today. <laughs> so I'm not going to worry about it. But I ain't going to pray about it. God, you see my situation, and, and, and I'm crying out to you. I'm hollering, Lord, I need some help. Your child needs some help. John's fixing to eat my world. I need some help. Don't get stuck on the other side. Don't get stuck on the other side, guys. Y'all just go ahead and y'all go ahead and play soft. Listen, I want you to know that you'll make it through this. You will make it through this. But you've got to stop worrying and become a worshiper. You've got to stop worrying about everything that's going on that you can't even affect. Can I tell some of you grandmas and grandpas or, or mothers and fathers, stop worrying about your kids and just pray for them. Well, if I would have, it is too far gone for that. Right? My, my son's down driving back from Miami right now. I raised him what I thought was right, good or bad or ugly. Was I always good? No. Sometimes I was. But I can't worry about him anymore. He's 21 years old. I can't worry about him anymore. But can I pray for him? Now, do I get concerned when he's driving and, and he's 17-hour drive and it's 20 hours and he hadn't texted me? Yeah, I'm going to text him a few times. <laughs> Boy. So guess what he did? He texted me at 6 o'clock this morning, which was 5 o'clock their time, saying, we're on our way. And when he gets home at midnight, he'll text me at midnight. I can't complain that I get a text at midnight because I want my son to tell me he's back in New Orleans. See, I can be concerned about things and not lose about a, a drop of sleep. We can't be concerned to the point where we lose sleep and that anxiety and it gets our heart and, and everything just keeps going. So today, I want to give you an opportunity to crawl up to the feet of Jesus if you need to. Get up and run to the feet. Whatever needs to happen, bring it to Him. Bring it to Him. And stop worrying. But here's, here's the deal I'll make with you. When you bring that worry up here and you drop it down, don't you come back and steal it from me. Don't steal it from him because you brought it to him. It ain't yours anymore. And tomorrow when you don't know what to do, tell him, God, Jaws is fixing to eat my world. But I'm going to pray anyways. That's what pastor does. <laughs> he just prays anyway. Because Jaws, I was scared of Jaws as a child. Of course, I was so young when it came out and I went to the movie theaters with my parents that I should have been afraid of it because I was itty-bitty. And that's why I used the terminology. Listen, so they're going to play softly this morning. I just want to give you an opportunity to come up here and, and 
and just spend a few minutes praying, guys. Come bring that worry here. Tell them, God, I want to be a worshiper. And listen, and you may, you may struggle leaving it up here today. But can I tell you that it won't change until you make a step to, to change it? You can't get stuck in the mud and say, I'm unstuck. Until you get somebody to hook up to your truck and pull you out of the mud. I did that yesterday. I had to call somebody. Got stuck. I would still be stuck. I could tell you I'm not stuck, but y'all could see my truck said to the mud. Get up and do something today, man. Come on, y'all go ahead and sing soft. Just go ahead and get up and find you a place to pray up here, guys. Chair up here at the altar, whatever you want to do. sitting there today yeah I know you could stay there and pray about it but there's something about getting up and moving have you come to the end of yourself do you thirst from a drink from the well Jesus is calling oh come to the altar the Father's arms Listen, maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Today I want him to be my Lord and Savior. I just want you to, to come see me up here. I want to pray with you. Maybe you're online and you're saying that same thing. You know, if that's you, I just want to pray first for our online audience so that they can, they can pray. But I want you to come find me so I can pray with you. Then I can give you some things to help you as well. Amen. Dear Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. I confess right now that without you, I am lost and I am a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. Be my Lord and my Savior. I also confess right now that you walked this earth. You lived a sinless life. You were crucified for me. You died and you were buried but you rose to life again and now you sit in heaven with the Father. I commit my life to you and I will follow you. Amen. Listen, if you're online and you, you said that prayer with me today, fill out the connect form over at newlifeag.church and tell me so I can connect with you. I'd like to send you a gift, help you get connected to a church. If you're here, I want you to come see me for the same thing. After service or while we're praying, come see me and I want to pray with you. Let them sing some more. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason yes. to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. 
altars are open. It doesn't matter if it's here at the church or at your house. You get down to pray, it becomes an altar. 
blood of Jesus is at your home, it's here, it's even in Walmart. Wherever you decide you're going to kneel down and pray. Don't allow yourself to walk out of here today and still have worry in your life. Doesn't mean it's not going to try to attack you. Doesn't mean it's not going to annoy you from time to time. Like that yappy dog on the other side of the fence. But leave him on the other side of the fence. Don't let him back in your yard. Don't let him back. Amen. Thank you for what you've done in this place today. And Lord, that you have been here with us, Lord. Your, your presence is so precious to us. We thank you, Lord, that you come and, and you were here. I know your word says you will be, but it's still so amazing when you come, Lord. Be with us, Lord. Father, I just pray protection upon your people, Lord. I know there's some watching that are, that are still at home. I continue to pray for health and well-being over them as well. Lord, everything we do, everywhere we go, watch over us and be with us. But Lord, give us opportunities to share the good news of the gospel, the love of Jesus Christ, that we don't have to worry because we have a Savior. We have the blood of Jesus. We have the Word of God. Give us opportunities to share your goodness everywhere we go and give us peace and rest in our homes. We ask this all in Jesus' name. If you agree with me this morning, I want you to shout an amen with me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hey, listen, don't forget the 12th. Remember the 12th. And don't forget we have the offering trays out there as well uh, if you'd like to do that. Uh, you know, I'm thinking Wednesday we need to put the decorations up. Maybe we'll come together, have a couple songs, pull out some hot chocolate and decorate the tree or something. Yeah. So we like some hot chocolate around here. I, okay. I like hot chocolate around here. So, but yeah, y'all, I know y'all do too. So <laughs> But uh, yeah, we'll see you back Wednesday. We'll be here at 7 o'clock. And uh, buckle up because it's, it's cold outside. Amen. <laughs> Love you guys.